0: Welcome to episode 31 of the Dead Serial Podcast. I'm your host LJ. Tonight I'm excited to be joined by my friend DJ Heaton. He's a longtime piercer at Koi Piercing Studio at a sugar house here in Salt Lake City. He's also an old VW gearhead. Uh, we're gonna rap a little bit about skating and music, but more especially his knife forge, DH knives what got him going down that path, how you can contact him and look up uh, his work on Instagram, etc. I've been looking forward to this. So without further ado,
1: DJ, what's up, man? Not a whole lot. How you been? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me
0: on. Again?
1: Again. I'll try not to break your internet this time.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to happen one way or another. We got coffee. We'll be all right. We'll get through it. I coffee think. and weeds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Happy 420, bro. Right back to you. Happy Earth Day. Happy 420. I like to see your eyes are red. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the allergies.
0: Allergies are kind of kicking up too, though. It's that time of year. In Utah, spring.
1: Yeah. What are you, stoned? Or do you just have allergies? That is the question. That's the, the age-old question, I, <laughs> I guess. plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so we tried to do this once
0: before. Uh, for some reason, my shit crashed out on us. So here we are again. But I think we kind of have an idea. Just kind of background and... I kind of know you loosely through friends, through high school. We're, well, maybe we started at high school. High school. I think called
1: it Front Hall Crew. Front Hall Crew. What's <laughs> up to all my Front Hall Crew homies? <laughs> Brighton High School. Yeah. Anyways, um, I think we were trying to figure out how we had met, Yeah. how long we had known each other, and it's just high school. There's really, I, I can't pinpoint it. I can't either. Too many good times. So. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. Well, in, in Brighton
0: High School, and from there you kind of... Was it high school or junior high that kind of got into
1: some punk rock music and skating and uh, Volkswagens
0: like, and traveling?
1: Junior high was the skate skateboarding and punk rock and hip-hop. And then high school hit, and it was Volkswagens, skateboarding, punk rock, <laughs> and, and hip-hop. So Volkswagens consume a big part of my life.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that before and and really with
1: Volkswagens, that kind of kicked off in high school yeah my first car 1967 vw bus sweet it was between that (laughs) or a 1966 lincoln continental with suicide doors 65 not 66 yeah um it needed a head gasket and I had no idea how to do that type of stuff. And the VW was ready to go and like $1,000 cheaper. so <laughs> Easy decision. Easy breezy, yeah. Fuck nice,
0: yeah. man. Well, when did you get into piercing? I mean, you, you pierce at Koi, but I've been piercing. You your travels took you to the West Coast and yeah. kind of got into it
1: out there. Or was that when you came back to Salt Lake? Um, I always had a thing for piercing and tattoos since I was a kid, you know, growing up neighborhood neighborhood kids that were older, like the Butt Rocker kids, you know, like my my well, friends' older yeah. brothers. They all yeah. had their ears pierced, and had a couple of tattoos, and we always thought those dudes were badass, <laughs> driving muscle cars, you know, just <laughs> playing the part back in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, K Bear, one hundred and one. <laughs> Homer <of> Rock, <laughs> So right out of high school, I moved. To the east coast for a minute. I figured out the winters are hella harsh there. Came back and <laughs> moved to Southern California where the weather is groovy. Nice. Um got myself into a tattoo shop because I wanted to learn how to tattoo and be a cool guy. You know, I, <laughs> it I was re- the thing. I wanted to be cool so bad. Little <laughs> do I do little did I know being cool is really not all that fucking cool. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, true so, story. Yeah. Death or glory, man.
0: Death or fucking glory. <laughs> Sorry, I'm chugging coffee. No, it's you're a good. late at night, man.
1: Yeah. Keep dinging the mug with my <laughs> ring. <laughs> so, Orange County, Huntington Beach, Costa Mesa. I was out there from about 2000 to 2003. And picked up a trade, a wife, and a medium-sized drug habit.
0: That's not good. Yeah, but I think you've mentioned to me that kind of was a a life lesson learned and yeah, learned lessons. on, learned lessons
1: the hard way, (laughs) sobered up, move home, moved home, got a divorce, Um, switched around to a couple different shops. You know, I was at Big Deluxe first. They took me on. I kind of moved back out here to work for them. Nice. You know, Rich D is a badass. He's a he's always been a solid dude.
0: I I've been tattooed at Rich's shop and I've met him a couple times, but he's definitely good friends with very good friends of mine, so it's Small Lake
1: City. Yeah. So that's awesome, that's a good shop to come back to. I was really stoked to come back and work here. It was the place that I had gotten, I think my first piercing, my first tattoo, like I was really all about it. Nice. So how long were you there? I don't, I think I was there maybe two years. So like I came in at the end of 2002 or 2003 stuck around there for uh, I think it was two years Iris opened Dustin and Jesse went over and Nick they started Iris and Blue Boutique was empty and I took an opportunity to go work at a studio where I could maybe do a few more piercings and just expand my skill Oh yeah. and that worked out pretty good for a while it was the old Blue Boutique and the you know, the historic south Corner. Yeah. You know, before it became gentrified and corporate and all of that fun stuff. So um, Seeing more and more of that. Yeah. yeah. But Old Sugar House was rad. Heavy Metal Shop, Blue Boutique. I like that Blue Boutique's still there. I like that the Raunch has come back. They're still back in the neighborhood, yep. which is really dope. Um, it'd be really cool if the Heavy Metal Shop would come back, but... I don't know. <laughs> I like where they're at. Yeah, it's right there on state. Off 4 South. Absolutely.
0: A heavy metal shop's pretty rad. So you moved... Sorry, California, Salt Lake. California, Salt Started Lake. Started piercing at Big Big D. Then moved over to Blue Boutique. Yeah. Kind of filled the void when Dustin and those guys opened up Iris.
1: Exactly. Kind what brought s- you to Koi? Um, well, <laughs> I just got the opportunity. So from Blue Boutique, I went over with Greg... And the crew at Oni when they were starting it up, and I was trying to do my own thing, trying to, like, kind of start up piercing, and that failed miserably for me. Oh, no. Running a business is um, a lot trickier than, than it seems. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I ended up leaving there for a little while. I wasn't piercing at all. I was just kind of hustling VW parts and just didn't really have my head on my shoulders, I picked up a day back at Big Deluxe again. I was working like one or two days a week there, and at one point I received a call from Kurt Warren, who owns uh, Quay Piercing, and he asked if I wanted to join the team. And it was really a no-brainer, no hesitation. I was like, "Fuck yes," (laughs) and that was like July or August of 2008, and I've just been hitting it heavy over there. Nice, and that's a great studio
0: to, to be a part of.
1: I think it's a bad environment too. I'm a little so. bit biased.
0: But. <laughs> no, that's good. You should be proud of what you've contributed to that shop and that studio and to your craft. That's fucking
1: well I, done, sir. Thank you. I never would have thought 19 years later I'd still be slinging holes through people. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing that it's been viable. <laughs> I don't think it's something that's going to go away anytime uh, soon. It's not going away. Right. It's hit the mainstream. We uh, we pierce our pants off at, at Koi every single day. <laughs> if we opened an hour or two earlier and stayed open an hour or two later, we would still probably have the wait times that we have. It's incredible how loyal our customers are and how busy we get for slinging needles. Yeah. Poking holes in people. Yeah. it's fucking awesome dude <laughs> well and really
0: kind of asked you to come over here cause DH Knives kind of got your own little forge going there that you've been kicking off for a minute uh, maybe before we jump right into it how did you get into to forging knives what made you a well, knife guy oh
1: man I've <laughs> always been a knife guy I was a boy scout got all my merit badges you know <laughs> impressed all the older people parents and scout masters um but about four years ago, me and my wife decided that we were going to have a baby and um, another baby. It would be the it would, he is the third in our four. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really heavily into VWs at that time, and I made a conscious decision to sell off all of my VWs and all my VW parts because, as passionate as. I am about BW's. It is a very expensive hobby, and with kids coming into the world, it's really hard to spend money on things that are kind of useless or don't really serve much of a purpose other than making you happy <laughs> things, you know. So I was getting really bored not having anything to do. I mean, I tinker. I'm, I have some form of ADHD. I'm certain. (laughs) So I've always got to be doing something. I can't be sitting still for too long. Um, just was cruising Instagram and started seeing knife pages, people like making knives and selling knives. And I was kind of sparked the interest in nice looking knives. So I bought a couple and was pretty amazed at what people were asking for (laughs) for their knives and I I started the nicer they are the more expensive they are and I couldn't afford it and I stumbled onto a couple of pages on Instagram one of them was the first one I think was Terry Shanks knives and the second one was Josh Scott knives and saw that these dudes were posting a lot about the knives that they were making and and a lot through the the process through the process and one day I was I had priced out a knife from somebody and I was a little bit butthurt that I couldn't afford it. (laughs) (laughs) And so cruising Instagram, just trying to get inspiration or, you know, trying to look for something else. Yeah. And it just hit me. Hey, these dudes are making them. Why don't you give it a go? So I kind of, I hit YouTube. I bought a couple of books. I started uh, direct messaging people on Instagram and kind of networking through social media to... Gain knowledge and momentum. Yeah, which was really surprising. I think I only got one or two people that didn't seem like they really cared to share information, but everybody else that I hit up was, you know, just telling you everything you wanted to know, everything that they knew. And That's badass. So I made my first knife, and I finished my first knife in July of 2016. And ever since I finished it, it's been nonstop. <laughs> It's it's kind of filled that void where I need something to do, and so I go and do something. Well,
0: it's productive, and you're either trading knives or selling knives. I know I got a custom blade off of you, but the only Damascus steel knife that I have, and uh, everything about your knives is awesome. I appreciate that. So it's cool that you've been doing it that long and that the community is pretty supportive. It, you kind of see that with some of these different... Groups, I guess you clicks maybe on Instagram, but it's open and welcoming and sharing the information and
1: the knowledge and but, maybe trading a knife or two. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> wild. And it seems kind of silly that, you know, I've made so many friends off of a social media platform. I mean, I talk shit on Facebook and all of those Likewise. platforms all the time. But here I am talking about all these people that have really helped me become what I'm becoming. Mm-hmm which hopefully someday I can make knives full-time and be a part-time piercer. That would be awesome. <laughs> You'd be more of your own boss in that situation. That's the whole thing. Is I, I, I want to I wanna work from home. I don't want to have to leave. I'm, I'm a homebody. I'm a hermit crab. I'm pretty antisocial outside of work, but outside of piercing work. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> no, that's, that's fucking awesome, man. What, what do you what's the process when you're going through making knives? Are you just getting an idea, are you drawing it up? Like you literally going through every single step, or do you just Um I I'm extremely naive, so please educate
1: my dumbass. There is quite a few different ways you can go about it. Um, the most direct path that I chose was I bought some steel from a website that supplies knife makers. I knew what it was, I believe it was ten 95 bicarbon carbon steel which is steel that I still use today and um bought a couple things I, I'm not an artist and I, I, I'm too lazy to sit down and draw stuff out I'm too nitpicky so I kind of just <laughs> drew the design on the little flat shape of steel and then I used a little grinder a little bench grinder to grind the shape of it out and then grinding the bevels trying to learn how to do that you know like <laughs> the bevels is where you mess up constantly I'm still chasing my bevel grinds every single one it just chases them higher and higher but um, from there you know once you get your steel and you got it shaped and made into what you think is gonna look like a really cool knife you heat it up in a fire in a forge however you can heat it up until a magnet doesn't stick on it and you can dunk it in some oil Um, you can use used motor oil canola oil all sorts of different oils um, I use a specialty huh. high speed oil. It's called Parks fifty. It's just I'm not a I'm not too up on metal metallurgy, but it it cools the steel at a specific rate, which helps to harden and and bring the most out of the carbon steels that you're using,
0: which it increases the strength and integrity of the metal right. yep. Increases the toughness. Something.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I'm
0: still learning <laughs> too, so a so. little bit. And then from there, if you don't
1: mind, just keep going down that process. So that would be the the process from stock removal. You shape it. You heat treat it. After you've dunked it in your oil, the steel is so hard that you know if you dropped it on a hard surface or you tapped it lightly with a hammer, it would shatter. Not shatter, but it would fracture into a couple of pieces. So I stick it in my oven and. For the first little while, I was using the oven inside my house, which my wife really hated. (laughs) Stinky, oil-soaked metal. (laughs) Cook it in the oven, baking cookies for about two hours at 400 degrees. It kind of softens the steel and brings out um, a little bit more of its cutting potential and edge edge capabilities. Okay. So once you get it tapered, you find the handle scales or the material you're going to use. You glue them and pin them and shape them, sharpen it up, and you got a knife
0: badass
1: where, where can people find you on social
0: media I am and a... to contact you obviously about knives and see what you're getting up
1: to you know I am only on Instagram I uh, I work a lot as a piercer I work five <laughs> days a week and so uh, I don't have a whole lot of time to do a website I don't even have a whole lot of time to make knives so I don't have an inventory I usually make knives sometimes one at a time sometimes five at a time but really small batch, you know, kind of one by one. So I'll post them on Instagram and sometimes I'll do raffles. Sometimes I'll do auctions. Sometimes I just post it up and people hit me, hit me up about them. So, and that's um, at DH knives, DH knives on Instagram. On Instagram. Um, you can email me at DH at gmail.com. I just threw my email up on my Instagram page and it's surprising how many people actually use it. <laughs> They probably prefer it over Instagram. (laughs) I kind of prefer it, you know, if someone hits me up on an email, I know they're going to be a little bit more serious than just seeing a picture and saying, hey, I want that. Yeah. And, you know, trying to play that game. Follow through, you know, all that bullshit. Yeah. Um, My favorite process of knife making, I'm going to take it back a step, is forging the blade. Forging, I think, is where you really put soul and spirit into a knife. That's taken... A round bar, flat bar, whatever, taking some steel and using heat and a hard hammer and just smashing it into the shape (laughs) that you want it, rather than cutting and grinding with the grinder, you know. I don't think that one method is superior to another, but there's a lot more that goes into the craft of forging a blade to shape. Moving moving hot metal with a hammer is really tricky.
0: Well, you probably have to quote unquote get in the zone not the auto zone <laughs> it sounded terrible
1: uh but like an active meditative state almost my best forging days are the days that i come home from work like just like bothered for whatever reason yeah it doesn't take much shitty to, day shitty day <laughs> and it doesn't take much to give me a shitty day so it is a stress reliever and i'm still trying to learn how to do it i've Found a couple of local guys that are teaching me. Um, I've taken a couple uh, one-on-one classes there. I can, I guess, I can't say they're actively teaching. Me, <laughs> when I can afford and I can find the time, I'm, I'm seeking these guys out and having them give me some direction. Nice. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of cool to get an idea of the the process that you go through with knives. But maybe we we pause for a minute. Uh, I typically ask everybody for a movie clip uh, or a clip from a TV show and there's an episode or two recently where I forgot to do that. Made sure I did it with you. Do you want to tell us what this clip is before we go into it or do we just want to play it and talk about it when we come back?
1: Uh, It took me a minute to figure out which clip. (laughs) I I always feel put on the spot when someone asks me stuff like that because I don't really know. I'm terrible at that shit too. After thinking about it a minute, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> it's my favorite clip from The Goonies. I think you should rip it right now.
2: Go join your friends, you witch-
1: I really hope that makes somebody's day. <laughs> <laughs> Made my
0: day. So uh, I hope you're right. That dude, the Goonies, I, that movie just resonates with being a kid at kind of that time. And the sense of adventure and everything, but sloth. I thought I found it fitting. You, you picked the scene where a knife is used to uh, sail down the, the sail.
1: Yeah, to, yeah totally <laughs> why the Goonies why why Sloth I think for our generation that's like like you said it best it's like the, the movie of our generation every every time I can remember having good times like I think about the Goonies yeah. I watched that show I watched that movie so many times the first time I watched it my, we were on a family vacation in like Malibu Beach or somewhere like the whole family had rented this like couple things of condos on the beach and all the cousins were together and we watched it and i think we watched that movie like three times one night because we were so stoked about it (laughs) so just good times no it's awesome dude i I love
0: that movie it's a great pick well done um maybe while we're talking about movies and kind of jump back to music for a little bit but i like music you mentioned you know punk rock hip-hop kind of having a big influence as you got into skateboarding and Kind of gearhead, or totally a gearhead on VWs. Yeah, <laughs> what what
1: some of the bands that got you into to music, or hip hop artists that you dig? Um, you know, there's a lot of mainstream artists from the '80s and the '90s that I was into. My parents really were big into music. My stepdad he had one of those like music club things where you could get like 15 cds yeah columbia house dude those things were awesome (laughs) every once in a while he'd let me look through the catalog and pick out a couple and i would always just pick them out based off of the um uh, the insert like what the the logo of the cd was you know nice some of the first ones i got was like artwork yeah yeah. was one of the earlier quicksand albums hell yes which <laughs> i don't even know how it was on there how it got on there how i decided to pick it it was just a black album cover you know yeah um i think it was the slip album
0: <laughs> just randomly in <laughs> yeah. columbia
1: house i get that one uh, um there was like pantera slayer and uh, oh fuck the i can't remember them this dude Flava flav of flav Public, <laughs> enemy, public, public, public enemy, public enemy, flavor, flay, flavor, flavor. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, you know, just skateboarding around the neighborhood. There was a bunch of older kids as well. Um, there's this kid named Brandon. He was a few years older than me and he was this like kind of hardcore straight edge kid to the time I thought was awesome. And <laughs> he, uh, introduced me to some of the, the hardcore bands i still like today like earth crisis and gorilla biscuits and some of those more name brand hardcore straight edge bands from the early days some of those bands are definitely good bands (laughs) there's a lot of good music there's so there's so much and there's so (laughs) much that like i don't even know about sometimes i'll be at work and my coworker patrick will play something and Holy crap, that sounds so, so good. What's up, Patrick? What's up? Quick <laughs> <Put> shout out. <laughs> so, well, I feel pretty blessed. We live in a, an awesome city that's got a whole bunch of different musical scenes and a, oh, yeah. now a whole lot of venues that are hosting. Which is really really cool. Remember when we were young, there wasn't a whole lot of places hosting.
0: No, all ages. Get together for or a bunch hard of shitheads to go together and talk <laughs> shit to each other and
1: beat up, beat up on each other. You know. Yep. So.
0: Oh, good times. That fucking Public Enemy, Quicksand, Earth Crisis, Gorilla
1: Biscuits. There's a whole There's host a of whole other. Slew. Yeah. yeah. Um. Those are just the the ones that I remember getting the CDs, not even knowing what they were, but then just. Listening to them on a repeat with my little Sony Walkman Discman player, you know, fucking walked everywhere. pre MP3 post cassette. Oh yeah, Walkman. Dude. Carrying the little like um, CD books around, got the mini one, the medium one, and the large ones. <laughs> oh, case Logic, some
0: piece of shit ganked mine out of my truck about a year ago. Still fucking bitter about it. But whatever, materialism, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. Gotta let that shit go. I lost all of my music from my childhood and my teenage years in Burlington, Vermont. Some shithead stole everything out of my car. I was kind of living out of my car at the time. Jesus Christ. That was the point where I kind of just got really bummed and I stopped buying music. (laughs) (laughs) I just
0: take advantage of the, the digital options. Whether streaming or buying it
1: through iTunes or
0: Bandcamp,
1: yeah. What was what was that first streaming site that everybody would rip stuff through? Was that Napster? Napster,
0: yeah. Yeah, my my friend got a lot of good fucking music off Napster.
1: That's where I, that's kind of where I got all They'd my use music Using Winamp
0: with all the different skins and shit. So totally. I think it's kind of funny that we all got into punk, like skate punk or skateboarding. I like stopped skate skateboarding when I got my driver's license. I didn't skate anywhere. I don't know. Sometimes you would drive to a school or whatever and skate, but you skate still now, right?
1: Yeah, but it's kind of the same as, you know, as soon as I got wheels, the skateboard took a back seat, like literally. (laughs) Yeah. I've had a skateboard in my car for years, but it wasn't until recently that I actually started like using it for more than just dolling around heavy shit. (laughs) That's fucking rad, dude. You're moving your ramp in your backyard right now? Yeah, what a hassle. We have a little four-footer in the backyard, and we're trying to utilize the space a little bit better. We were going to build it back there and decided against it because we were going to have to cut down a tree or some bullshit. Anyways, (laughs) tree's cut down now. And And now you're moving it. Now we're moving it. Oh, that's awesome, dude. So... Today was the last little mini sesh that we had on there. Hopefully I can get it moved in a really short period of time so we can keep session it.
0: Oh, yeah. When you say we, do you mean are the kids out there riding vert with you?
1: Yeah, I wish it was. I, don't, I actually don't wish it was vert.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Explain the difference. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Vert is for professionals
1: and people that know what they're doing.
0: And that's like 10-foot fucking ramps, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Or larger. Um what I can, what we consider a mini ramp is like a little four footer, which is probably a little bit too big for my kids. Um, <laughs> my stepson told me he wanted to uh, build a ramp. Or he, we started skateboarding, and he was into it a lot. He took a couple little skateboarding lessons from this old school dude. <laughs> I wish I could remember his right name on. to shout out, to shout out Spock Skate Camp. That's what it is. Fuck yeah. Um, Spots Spock Skate Camp. Anyways, he, he was interested, and we, we decided we were going to build a ramp in the backyard. So two summers ago, we took out our whole <laughs> garden space and built a mini ramp. Hell yes. <laughs> How long did it take you to build your ramp? It probably took two or three months. That's not bad. It's not too bad no. at all. Um, what was really cool is, is kind of at the same time I was getting into knife making, and um, my buddy Chris, <clears throat> he works for Burton Lumber, doing a uh, garage door installs and he kind of heard through the grapevine that i was building a ramp and he, there's a somebody that works there. i'm not going to name names just in case <laughs> someone gets in trouble <laughs> um, but he really wanted to get a knife from me and we worked out a trade i got most of the wood for my for our mini ramp for making this guy a couple of knives so i've made him one already i'm in the process of making another one a really big buoy knife oh hell yeah. which That's... i'm stoked about um I'm starting on it for the third time again uh, because I'm really good at messing things up.
0: <laughs> Best way to learn, right? Trial, trial
1: and error. Give it the old college go, you know. <laughs> Just get up and go again, you know. So nice. Um, <clears throat> so that's pretty cool. So mini ramp was basically free for you know we didn't have to pay out of pocket for it. And he's a very patient fellow, so he's you know made him one knife and been waiting for him to tell me to make him another one he told me he wanted a bowie knife so here we are
0: there you are is this your first bowie knife
1: no i've made i've attempted a few i've been successful at one (laughs) what i would consider a real bowie knife you know over nine inches knife so um those have kind of consumed my addiction to knives lately i've been really stoked on big bowie knives even though they're the most unconventional thing for most people to have, they're just bad as fuck. Until
0: the zombie apocalypse starts, man. Oh yeah. That's then you perfect. will use ideal option right there. Bullets are loud. You don't want to attract them with noise.
1: Oh fuck no! <laughs> Fucking nerds.
0: Well, all your knives are either one-offs or custom, and all—I mean—you back up your work at a hundred percent. I know when. I got my knife from you. You told me if it ever needed sharpening, if anything broke on it. and it, I mean, it's been awesome.
1: Yeah. You do that with all your knives? I do. Every single knife that uh, somebody buys from me comes with usually a little handwritten note unless I'm delivering it by hand. Um, but 100% guaranteed if you're using it and it fails in some way, shape, or form that is consistent with proper knife usage... I'll fucking fix it up, and not charge you, or make you a new one if I need to. Nice. If you are <clears throat> using a knife, my knife improperly, and you break the tip off because you're using it as a screwdriver, I'm gonna talk some shit to you, and I'll probably <laughs> fix the knife and make you a little bit of a shorter one with, with a little bit of shit talk. But um, I think that it's important to stand behind your work. I'm a human. I. I I'm learning everything through trial and and error. So aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, I'm <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm confident on my heat treating methods and the the way that I'm building my knives. But sometimes you don't you don't know. So yeah. if if yeah, I stand behind all my work. No, that's awesome. I think it's
0: important. Yeah. And your craftsmanship's fucking on point. Yeah. The, you know I've got. Couple knives off of uh, from orchard Forge, but Skyview Forge. We got Wasteland Forge too. It's kind of like and use the Quattro of, of knife guys I follow on yeah. on Instagram and social media.
1: Derek from Skyview Forge is a badass. He's making some badass knives, and it's incredible to me how how much work he's able to put into them. He's making knives nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> And, He's
0: always on there making knives.
1: Dude, it's I wish that I could have time frame allowed to me to make <laughs> knives like that. I would I would progress at much a fat, much higher higher rate, I think. But and then James from Amer- American Wastelander Yep. He's, he's turned into a pretty good friend that I've met off a social media platform which is really crazy <laughs> that dude just grinds hard he works hard to provide for his family he's got a beautiful little baby a yeah. big boy and it's a beautiful a, wife he's
0: got his family on there and yeah, it's, it's rad to
1: see you guys
0: doing that shit forming a little community
1: yeah. it's weird
0: yeah dude, knife network on Instagram that's <laughs> <laughs> that well shout out to those guys yeah, while we were on the subject do you want to shout out anybody else your fam or is there anything else in
1: particular with knives that you want to dive into or you know if you would like a knife from me just follow me on instagram like my stuff share it every once in a while i do raffles and giveaways and i would love to make you a knife but i would not love to make you a custom knife (laughs) clarify (laughs) um I like making knives. It helps me relieve stress. It's really all about me. That's a really <laughs> narcissistic thing, but that's, you know, that's God, God's honest truth. Um, custom knives, I think it's awesome, and I will absolutely make them if people are patient and will allow me to be in the creative space I need to be in to make something to somebody's specifications. Nice. I like just going into the garage and doodling something out and holding up a couple pieces of wood or a couple things to it and just, like, letting the day decide how I put my things together, which takes a lot of the thought process out of it. When I'm making a custom knife for somebody, I want to make sure it's 100% what they want and perfect, and it drives me nuts. It eats me up inside. (laughs) 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 Um, So... I I take custom orders one at a time. I'll take one and I'll make it. Sometimes it takes me two months. Sometimes it takes me a year. Really, (laughs) you know, I'm giving it my best, but I don't have a lot of time to put into it. And I like to just be creative in my own way. So um, shoot me an email at dhnifeworks at gmail.com if you would like to get put on a list for a custom knife or just hit me up through Instagram. Direct message if you see me post something. Most of the things that I post, unless they're specifically tagged to somebody, are knives that are available and ready to be sold.
0: Hell yeah. And bringing it back to shout outs real quick. I think you wanted to give a a special shout out to the wifey. To my my, my wife and family. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: My wife and family get most of the credit. They keep me in check and they allow (laughs) me to be. A weirdo, you know, and so, thank you, I love you guys. Nice, right, dude,
0: that's badass. Is there anything else that you want to, uh, do you want to rap about, you want to talk about? Music, piercing,
1: You, you know, moved around a little bit? We can touch on piercing for a second, I just wanted to shout out to my shop, Koi Piercing Studio, and all of our employees, we are expanding at a very... <laughs> phenomenal rate Hell and yeah. um, our staffing is been changing a lot and we've been hiring a lot of new people and new people are young and we're facing a lot of awesome uh, challenges with <coughs> with expanding Koi has been in the same location since July 1st 1997 it's fucking crazy to it's, think that it's been there that long dude it's, it's amazing <laughs> Uh, and for the longest time, we've just been a small portion of that block or of that building.
0: Right. 9th um, East and 1700 South, right? 13th, 13th South,
1: 900 East. And we are expanding. We have taken over about three quarters of the building. Nice. We, yeah, we've taken over what used to be Albatross Records. They, they moved and we took it over. And then iron and salt, which was where Salon RZ was for many years. Okay, um, we've got we've got that spot that we just took over on the lease, and at some point we're hoping to have the rest of the building. Um, so we are expanding. <laughs> That'd be badass to have the whole building. Yeah, it be it's a th- cool spot, and get Good Times Tattoo right across the street. Dude, is- that's that's been awesome. That that. Block has been blossoming. We just need to get rid of the gas station and put a little cafe or <laughs> <laughs> something that fits a little bit better yeah, for the environment. Something where I can get some good eats and not some bullshit garbage. <laughs> I spend so much money at that fucking set shell station. It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> it's ridiculous. I could probably eat a little bit better, but I, and sometimes I do, but I definitely eat shit a lot. Not literally. But yeah. I think about metaphorically. E- I think about <laughs> eating
1: good all the time. I don't really apply it very well.
0: Same. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but that's it's fucking awesome, dude, and, and just having you over and hanging out rapping randomly about everything to nothing. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and you've been following me on Instagram forever. you have friends of friends and grew up in the same neighborhoods and crowds forever. You don't really recall when, but <laughs> I, I appreciate your time and coming on and, and rapping about everything, letting people know what you're up to and where they can find you
1: at DH Knives on Instagram. Yeah, if I'm not at Koi Piercing Studio, you can find me in my garage on 8th East <laughs> Sugar Hood. <laughs> Sugar Hood. Um, but I want to thank you for having me on, and I'd like to thank you for given me the opportunity to make you a knife i thought that was pretty cool when you hit me up nice, about dude. it yeah um, well it was
0: just cool kind of checking in with you again
1: too you're like what the fuck's
0: up dude yeah what are, the, what are these
1: knives you're making now yeah it's, so it's it's pretty cool how it's it has brought a couple people into my life but thank you for giving me the opportunity to make you that knife and trusting me to you know Give me your hard-earned money for a tool that hopefully will out- outlast you and I.
0: Yeah, I'm confident it will. <laughs> it's a beautiful knife, so. And uh, people can check that out on your Instagram as well as mine. Has uh, so. underscore cereal on Instagram. Uh-huh. <laughs> Self-plug there. Do you have any <laughs> questions for me or anything else you, you want
1: to shoot the shit about before we wrap it up No, nah, I think I think that we should wrap it up keep doing what you're doing I really dig and look forward to your podcasts Nice, especially some of the more political speeches that, that you put up there those kind of make my day
0: yeah I think <laughs> I think I scare some listeners off but uh
1: that's okay
0: I share a micro episode with Alan Moore who wrote Watchmen and did a version of Swamp Thing and V for Vendetta but anyways uh but he's talking about writing and he says if if the audience knew what they wanted to hear they wouldn't need the writer and if the writer isn't giving the audience what they do need to hear as opposed to what they want to hear they're not doing their job so i kind of just maybe throw a wrench in my own spokes but (laughs) sometimes you got to get a little political yeah there's nothing (laughs) wrong with with fucking
1: learning people dude yeah
0: absolutely yeah we're well, right on, dude. Thank you very much. Happy 420. Likewise. <laughs> um, I'm sure people will realize that
1: that's why our pace is what it is at. I hope so. <laughs> and I'm just a weirdo, so. Hey,
0: in good company. <laughs> Doonies never say die, right? Never say die. <laughs> thanks, DJ. And that's another episode of the podcast. Uh, a huge thanks to DJ for taking some time to come over not only once but twice. Make sure we got this thing done. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please remember you can find him on Instagram at d.h.knives. You can also email him at dhknifeworks at gmail.com. Again, DJ, thank you, bro. You will be coming back and we will be sitting down again in the future. Uh, Usually I hit up the artist and ask permission to use their song on the outro been a few episodes I haven't necessarily done that and tonight there's no way I was about to reach out to Cindy Lopper. Uh, I'll just wait for a cease and desist if I need to <laughs> uh, I hope you guys enjoy this track more episodes in the pipeline stay tuned have a good night
2: Here, Chuck. Look, wait, it's a map hey, of our map. coastline. What's it's all that map. Spanish junk right there? Uh, who you knows? Mouth, the mouth, You said you could translate. Translate right here. Yeah, translate it. Ye intruders, beware! Crushing death and grief, soaked with blood of the trespassing thief.